I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. Paying for college shouldn't be the hardest part of higher education. Hi, it's Rena Ninen, co-host of the Ask Lisa podcast. I recently spoke with U.S. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona about FAFSA, the free application for student aid. Did you know you can apply for financial aid today and you'll get a response within one to three days? Check out our show notes to the link for the full interview on our Ask Lisa podcast YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe for the latest videos from Lisa and me. That's the Ask Lisa podcast YouTube channel. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting now in the midst of a pandemic. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Damore, author of two New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen, a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 30, I've hit a wall. How do I keep myself and my family going? So the weather seems to be getting a little better. People are getting vaccinated. Why do I still feel like crap? <laughs> I'm hearing this. I'm hearing this and I'm feeling this. It's just, what is it? Like, I feel like, you know, we know more and more vaccines are entering the market, which was not the case six months ago, it feels like. There should be so much more hope and promise. But like, why, why can't we just sort of feel better. Do you feel, I, I just, like, is it just me? Am I stuck in a rut? No, I don't think it's just you. I think this is a very strange time in the pandemic. Um, I don't think we've seen anything like this before, where, where we're getting good news, but it's very hard to know how that actually translates to our day-to-day -day lives, either right this minute or even in several months. I mean, my daughter had to bring me a cup of coffee in bed today. It's it, it's it's pretty bad for me here at this point. <laughs> okay, but that's a good, kid. a good kid. That's a good kid. Well done. Yeah, well, well done. She got to watch TV after. So <laughs> there we go. So we got this letter in our inbox, which makes me feel better that it's not just me. It says, Dear Lisa, my kids finally got to see their grandparents after more than a year apart. I still get so emotional about how this lockdown has affected us all. I know I should be excited about the promise of their school opening in April and also the number of people getting vaccinated, but I feel so lonely, paralyzed, and depressed. How do we keep going? A year ago, we thought this would be just a few weeks. 
I've hit a wall. My kids have hit a wall. I've never suffered from depression, but why can't I get excited about anything? What will it take to regain the joy I once had? I am tired of running this marathon. I know I need help. How can I change my mindset when I don't know how long this feeling and situation will last? Wow, that is really, that really sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, it totally sums it up. Amen to that letter for so many people. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that really um, captures how a lot of people are feeling right now. So why do you think it is we feel like we're supposed to be feeling better, right? Right, I mean, that's part of the problem. Like, there's a sense of like, yay, the vaccines are out, there's three, Um, they're coming fast and furious. And yet, I think, so I think there's that, right? That sense that like, we should be happy, terrific. But not a lot of people actually are still able to get the vaccines they want when they want it. Like, I mean, it's really still pretty hard to do for the general population. So I think that's tough. I think, um, I think the one year anniversary coming up is a pretty mixed bag emotionally for a lot of people. I think there's this sense of, we've done it. We've born a year in the pandemic and we're still upright and our kids have learned a lot and we've gotten closer as a family in some ways and stuff has happened and here we are surviving a year in the pandemic. And then we're like, which means we're entering the second year of the pandemic. And that feels awful, really awful. So I think that feels really ambivalent at best. Um, I'm excited about the weather changing and I do actually in some ways, I hang my hat on that the most, like that I know will happen. And I know it makes a material difference in terms of our ability to socialize and our kids to see their friends. I still have a lot of questions, and I, I imagine you do too, about what the summer's going to look like. Yeah. I, and my husband and I, the other day, he was like, do you think the public pool will mm. be open? And I was like, I don't mm. know. I don't know. What do you think, Rena? I think I have to believe in hope, but I'm sick of sort of not being able to fully get there, right? Like being disappointed of what you think that the changes around the corner and then being utterly disappointed. But I also find this, it's not like I feel worse and worse and worse. It's like you have a rough day, then you kind of get better the next day. I I, I just, it, it feels like a roller coaster. That's what it feels like to me. I think that's right. And I think what you said about the like, the uncertainty and not wanting to be disappointed again this this moment of like, so well, why does this feel bad if, if things are theoretically getting better and actually in some very real ways getting better? You know, the fact that they are vaccinating mass numbers of people on the, you know, on a daily basis is a big deal. But I think that part of where there's that 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 hesitation, that that sense of like, why can't I really get behind this? It is that quality of, well, I don't know what this is right i knew what lockdown looked like i knew the drill i did not like the drill mm-hmm. i did not enjoy um having kids doing school in the basement like that wasn't fun but in this letter this this mom mentions like yay my kids are going back to school in april but i think a lot of us are like so what is the new deal on school and how should we feel about school or how should we feel about summer i kind of feel like this this letter writer talks about hitting a wall. I think it almost is like we're pinched between um, deeply uncomfortable and highly uncertain. You know, like we don't, we don't really know, you know, we're moving from one to yeah. the other. Neither are all that yeah. great. It does feel like the ground is shifting. 
and and the rules are changing. Like to hear her say, my kids are finally going back to school in April. That is so huge after probably I'm guessing a year of being home learning, which is hard, right? But she or, or this this parent just can't seem to get excited. Like when the ground is shifting and things are changing, and you feel that anxiety, what can you do in that moment to make yourself feel better? Yeah. Well, it's it's funny. One of the rules, we have rules in psychology. One of them is change equals stress. Oh. Doesn't matter what kind of change it is, right? Good change, bad change, change equals stress. And so it is good. It is good for kids to be able to go back, you know, especially kids where there's not a worry and, you know, a significant concern about, you know, like an underlying health problem for the child or the family. It's really good for kids to be able to go back. And, and I I am seeing my fellow colleagues are seeing such a dramatic improvement in child and adolescent mental health for kids who can go Mm. to school. So that piece is huge and important and essential. But part of what I think the challenge is, is actually something we've talked about a little bit before, is that avoidance feeds anxiety premise, Mm -hmm. you know, that idea that, which is a true thing, avoidance feeds anxiety. So we've, we've, we've pulled in, we've narrowed our lives, we've come to these sort of very um, compact ways of living. And now we're getting to feel our way back out. And I think that's kind of scary. I think we've been avoiding for so long, which is the right thing to do, that re-entering the world is uneasy for us and for our kids. And so then it causes Mm -hmm. stress and it makes us nervous. And so in terms of what to do, it's a wade-in. Right. I think that that's whenever you're unsure, then wade in. Don't jump in the deep mm-hmm. end. Right. Don't feel like, well, we're going to go to the mall. We're going to take off our masks. We're going to eat a lot of food. Right. I mean, don't you don't have to go there. But you might say, let's go take a walk, you know, down to the school and see how things are looking. Let's, you know, let's go do takeout from a place we haven't been before. And maybe we'll eat outside. You know, I mean, I, I think we, we don't have to do it all at once. We can reenter slowly and everything we know about anxiety management after a long period of avoidance basically says, if you can't rip off the Band-Aid or it doesn't make sense to rip off the Band-Aid, then enter slowly. I remember our podcast that we did at the beginning of September, and I was talking to you about what in Connecticut the teacher, my son's teacher, did. She sent a video so kids would know how very different the classroom looked and the shields and, and what she would be wearing. And I, I remember you know, that podcast, I broke down and got emotional. And as we're entering this new phase and we came back from winter break, my son kept saying, I, I just really hate this new Joe Biden rule. And I'm like, what's the new Joe Biden rule? He goes, you got to wear two masks. Like we didn't have mm. to do this. And and so I explained to him, we had a discussion about the variant and why this was implemented. But then I realized we came back and I'm Googling on Amazon, like five ply masks, like d- 10 ply mm-hmm. masks. Tw- First off, there's no 10 ply or 20 ply masks. Save yourself the effort. <laughs> and I've told my kids, you've got to put all these, the KN95 masks with this under. And my, my kids are like, mom, I can't breathe. I'm like, that's okay. You don't need yeah. to breathe. It's okay. Like you start going <laughs> crazy. And he, that anxiety, I realized, was rubbing off on them on some level, right? Like they just were pushing back. It totally does. But okay, so here's what's really interesting. There's also less and less agreement about what we mm. should be doing right now. And, and I think that's really anxiety-provoking. So there are some, and I'm not going to say anyone in this is unreasonable. I mean, I think there's so much data out there, and what you look at is what you're working with. There are some who are like, look, the levels are down in our communities. The weather's great. You know, it, things are moving in the right direction. More and more people are vaccinated. I'm going to relax at great long last. 
And then there are others who are like, these variants have me super weirded out and I can't make sense of the headlines. And so I'm going to, you know, we've come this far. I don't want to get sick now. We're going to wear triple masks, you know. And so that, um, like, talk about going from, like, uncomfortable to uncertain, right? So lockdown stinks. And, you know, even when everybody's abiding by it and agrees to it, you know, it stinks, but at least everyone's in agreement to some degree. This new phase where we can't tell what the end of March is going to look like, you know, there's, it's very unclear. You're hearing very competing things. And there is this sense of like, we're just waiting and watching for the next Mm -hmm. shoe to drop. And we're like, how many shoes could drop in this pandemic? Like, we've got to run out of shoes eventually. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Ask Lisa podcast. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. We spend a lot of time teaching our kids please and thank you. But one thing I've realized I haven't spent a lot of time teaching my children is how to be financially responsible. We started using the Greenlight app and it's made a difference in helping them have that conversation about money and to really understand how it can affect their lives. Greenlight's a debit card and a money app that's made for families. I can send money to my kids, keep an eye on their spending and their savings. I didn't think I would need this app, but my kids are absolutely loving it and they're getting the concept of what it means to save. I love the lessons they're learning. I love the games they're playing. I love that they are being educated at a younger age that you need to learn how to save. Sign up for the Greenlight app today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash asklisa. That's greenlight.com slash asklisa to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash asklisa. So I'm really starting to feel it in my mid-40s, just how much stress, hormone fluctuation, and the lack of sleep can really affect the way your skin looks, from dry skin to dark spots and acne. This is why I love One Skin. They can really help. They've got a simple skincare routine that tackles skin issues at the cellular level. I love that this is an all-women team of scientists. One Skin's developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to actually improve the health of your skin beneath the surface. No irritation, no complicated multi-step routine. It's so simple. I really have felt the difference in how my face looks after using this product. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today. Try it out with 15% off using the code AskLisa at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code AskLisa. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them the Ask Lisa podcast sent you. EarthBreeze EcoSheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so clean. Here's the bottom line. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I actually did something good, not just for my laundry, but also for the earth. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. That's earthbreeze.com slash asklisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. Welcome back to the Ask Lisa podcast. 
I think the other hard part of all this is what happens in Texas or Florida has implications throughout the country. And I'm not just, you know, signaling these states, just in any community, the actions of what some people do can affect everybody else. And that is hard when things are out of your control. How can you not go crazy because you're seeing people do things that you might not agree with or governors of states doing things you might not agree with? It's it's hard, right? And it's frustrating because you think like, we're trying so much to come through this. And here I am in Ohio, you are in Connecticut, you know, living our lives, trying to keep things on track. And the headlines, really, the headlines make you feel like you're being whipped around direction to direction, right? That on the one hand, yay, Merck's collaborating with Johnson & Johnson. They're going to get more vaccines out faster. Great news. Whoa, they're taking away all restrictions in Texas. Whoa, that seems really fast. And so that experience, right, of after a year of trying to navigate, right, to come to a year and then have the headlines be actually as dizzying as they have ever been, I think we're tired. I think we're just tired. And so how do we navigate it? I think we talk about it. I think we say the words. I think the way we size stuff up in psychology is sometimes there's a straight up solution. And if there's a solution, you grab it and you do it. And sometimes there's not a solution. So you express it. You put it into language. You describe the experience, which does help to actually make it more bearable. So maybe what we say right now is the headlines are dizzying. The future still feels murky to me. This stinks. This is painful and uncomfortable. And I'm tired. And and maybe we can just give it to ourselves that just to to have a little fit, <laughs> to just yeah, say it, yeah. gives some relief. But why does what does saying it do mentally? I think it puts it in the light. We have another saying in psychology that sometimes things are so much worse on the inside than the outside. And it was funny the other morning, Rena. So I get up very early and I use the early morning to clear my email. And I have a whole routine where I get my coffee and I sit down, I read the headlines, and I just start in on my email. And two days ago, my husband joined me around, you know, I, I was up by five, he was up by 5.30. And it was time for me to turn to my email. And I said to him, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do any of this. Everything on my to-do list, I don't want to do any of it. And I like I really did have like a little mini meltdown. Yeah. And he was kind of like both sweet and cracking up at me. And then the meltdown ended and I was like, okay, here we go. So I think there's that sense of like expressing it as a way to put it outside of oneself, observe it, and then turn in a new direction. I think if we're carrying it around, we're still carrying it around. I think if we say it, we can say, there it is. I've put it out there. I've put it down. My load is a little lighter. Which way do I want to go now? I think it works like that. So you're saying naming it can make you feel better. I think it can. I think it can. Okay, but then there's another thing we're not naming that I think we have to name that's like a bummer to name, but I also think we'll feel better if we name it. So have you seen the Dolly Parton video of her getting her vaccine. Yes, I love it. Oh my, okay, you know, she so is good. like the end all be all, I think, of all this. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. Because once you're dead, then that's a bit too late. 
Oh, she is so gorgeous, so talented. It was funny. She is. You know, she, I think, is one of those people you'd be like, what would Dolly do in this situation? (laughs) She is really one of my heroes. Just adore her. And I love that she, 75, decided to wait even past her age group so people didn't think she was jumping the line. She's amazing, right? She is amazing. But there was a little line in there that she threw in that I... I was like, oh, there it is. And we need to rest on this line. She said, you know, as we return to normal, and I think the line was something like, whatever that looks like, right? That was all she said, like, whatever that looks like. And I was like, yeah, I think that's a big problem for people right now. That even when the pandemic is over, right, Rena, let's say like we can pick the date. Let's say that like we pick magically the date is October 10th. Like I just made that up. The pandemic ends on October 10th. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, what's, What's October 11th looking like at my mm. job, in mm. my community, um, in terms of where my kid stands academically, um, how I exercise, where we socialize, who we hang out with? I think this is because this has gone on so long, it's not everybody knows it does not snap back to what we had before. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. we are going from uncomfortable to uncertain to unknown. Mm-hmm. And it's always the unknown that I find is the hardest. And when you're looking down that road, you want some certainty. Absolutely. Absolutely. And think of all the people whose careers have changed permanently as a result of this. I was um, talking to someone yesterday who was saying that her husband's company basically said there will no longer be an office. Wow. That is hard to hear for some people. Right. And so then you think, okay, So now they know that, but that doesn't mean they know what work looks like now. And so I think there's a huge amount of new things that get stirred up in the sense of like, hey, there's the exit strategy. Hey, there's the finish line. It's great. And it's really complicated because we don't know what's on the other side of that finish line yet. So if we don't know, and there's still so much uncertainty, we don't even know what summer is going to really look like. Can my kids go to camp? Can they see their grandparents? Can they spend time? You know, I just think... We know kids won't be vaccinated. Dr. Fauci has said it probably won't happen until the first quarter of 2022 at this point. So how can you navigate these waters when you don't feel, when you feel yucky and you don't know what's coming around the bend? So that, what you just said about like camp and summer, right? We're having that here too, where I want to look forward to that for my kids. I want to look forward that to that for myself because my younger daughter would, is still old enough to go to camp. My older daughter missed her last year of camp last summer, which a lot of kids did, and it just is the worst. Not the worst, worst, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so we're now in communication with the camp and waiting to hear about quarantine protocols for out-of-state campers, things like that. And there is this um, really difficult quality of having something that you might be able to look forward to. Mm-hmm. But it's dangling out there in this teasing way. Mm-hmm. And and that, I think, is is also part of the challenge, right? That we maybe we can look forward to camp, but we don't really know how that's going to look. So, okay, so that's that sense of maybe, maybe, yes, yes, the summer could be quite wonderful, but we don't really know, is hard to bear. So how do we get through it? So... One of the things I've been thinking about, actually, was having Malika Chopra last week on our yeah, show. Yeah, she was so good. Yeah. So good. And so I've been thinking about 
what she taught us about meditation and mindfulness and that idea of trying to be present. And so one challenge that we have as parents and as you know people who are planners is that we want to know what's coming. We want to know what's ahead. And even, I think for a lot of us, two to three weeks ahead still feels a little unsure how that's going to look in family life. And so when I am getting anxious about like, I don't know how this is going. I don't know where this is going. I try to just come back to, am I okay today? Am I okay for the rest of the day? Are my kids okay for the rest of the day? That has been useful to me mm. in this. But what if you are not okay? Like when you ask yourself that question, you're like, I know I am so off. How do I reset? Like, like what really works? I can't eat any more chocolate, Lisa. I just can't. <laughs> I've told you. I, I can't have any more cocktails. I'm done. I, I don't feel good. You know, yeah. I... So what do you do? Well, and and in this letter, the writer says she feels depressed. Yeah. She feels depressed, right? So let's think about scale of not feeling good. So there's a bad day, there's a bad week. I think we all are pretty accustomed to the idea right now that we have bad days. And we have bad days that seem often quite out of the blue, bad days. And what I hope everyone's gotten used to or in naming it, we can get more comfortable with it is... You can have a day where you feel crummy and then a day after that where you feel really crummy. And then often it's followed by a day where you actually feel quite a bit better. Like just Mm -hmm. you don't know why. Mm -hmm. And this is true for kids also, right, where they have a rough Monday and a rough Tuesday and they're full of complaint or they're really unhappy. And then we as parents can start to think, oh, no, right, are we on this terrible trajectory? And then for some reason on Wednesday they wake up and they're funny and they're their old selves. And you're like, okay. So that – that is what it is. This is this is actually normal conditions and certainly normal pandemic conditions just to have mm-hmm. some really down days. So what we worry is if the bad mood doesn't visit but it actually moves in, right? Mm-hmm. Takes up takes up space, becomes a yucky roommate that won't go away for our kid or for ourselves. And so I if it goes on for more than a week in a parent or child I would start to pay very close attention. If all sorts of good coping, which we talk about constantly, isn't helping, I would start to pay really close attention. I would say by the eighth or ninth day, I would be placing a call to your family health care provider, um, checking in with the school if you're worried about your kiddo. Um, we do have to be vigilant for the wear and tear of this to tip some of us, some adults, some kids over into mood disorders, which are hard to come out of, but highly treatable. And that's the important part. So maybe just letting a little time pass will fix it. Maybe a little more chocolate will fix it. (laughs) Um, Maybe the sun coming out will fix it. But if that doesn't fix it, we have other ways Mm -hmm. to address concerns like this. And that's a good indication, a good sort of yardstick on when you need to really check in and get help. Absolutely, absolutely. What would you say is your takeaway? How do you hit the reset? Like what really works when you're in a bad funk mentally? I think to not be scared of it, oh. actually. Hmm. I think that, I think the pinch we're in right now is this sense of I'm supposed to feel good. The days are getting longer. It's getting warmer. Vaccines are everywhere. I don't feel good oh, no, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. You know, does it mean I'm broken or does it mean my kid's broken? Does it mean that um, 
we're in a scary place now because we feel bad when we think we're supposed to feel better. And so my advice in this moment is do not be frightened of your ongoing grumpiness, your kids' ongoing grumpiness. It's better and it's not right now. What's ahead is unclear. And that is really uncomfortable. And just to say it and to name it and to lay it out and articulate it and then think, can I get through today? Can I get my kiddo through today? And the other thing I will say in trying to just find some steadiness in such a a really, like you said, ground-shifting time, the one thing that will snap back to where they were before is schools. Like, we've really learned, if you want to do school, you do it the way you've always done school, right? Kids need to be there all day, every day, you know, with teachers in person. And so I think of all of the industries that have been actually adapted pretty well to the pandemic, like easily done remotely, you know, you don't have to come into the office so much. I think that's been easier in the pandemic. I think it's probably going to be a little bit more stressful as the pandemic ends because it leaves a lot of uncertainty about what's ahead. Schools aren't that kind of industry. When the pandemic ends, as soon as it is really doable, schools will go back to the way they were. So if people need a point they can look at that is certain and is known and is predictable, school will look like what it used to. I think that we can be quite sure of. Ah, I love when you help me rethink things, all of us rethink things that we just don't know how to navigate. It is new to all of us, right? I mean, it is so strange. And that's the other thing that feels weird. It's both old and tedious and totally new all the time. Old and tedious, but totally new. I like that. That's, That's really good. So on a uplifting note, we're doing a book giveaway. I'm so excited. This is a book fiction that you can actually read along with your kids. It's called A Place to Hang the Moon. It's by Kate Albus. And it looks at these orphaned kids during World War II. They were living with their grandmother who dies, and they're orphaned and evacuated from London to live in the countryside. And their secret, secret hope is that they find a permanent family. I think it's just a fun read for kids of all ages, but definitely elementary and up. Fantastic. And so this is the um, the evacuations that happened when world when London was being bombed, right? Yeah, it's looking at it's looking at World War II in London and. Does evacuating these kids in London to the countryside, is that the answer? So I just felt like there's almost some parallels, not that we're evacuating people, but oh, it's a massive change in life. disruption, right? Yes, massive disruption. disruption to kids' lives, you know, that, that did happen. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I love that we're actually doing some kids' books. I have some kids' yeah. books I'd love to give away. Yeah. And Kate's a fun author. Um, oh, fantastic. So Lisa, what's your parenting to go? You know, I think our job as parents is to try to help kids maintain perspective on what's happening around them. And sometimes that means focusing on the big picture, that when they're having a meltdown, we can think, okay, you're having a rough day today, but you'll probably be okay tomorrow. So we have to sort of know that for ourselves. And I think sometimes that means helping them focus on the little picture, like we've talked about today, where a child might be saying, am I going to camp? What's the summer gonna look like? And we truly don't know maybe the answer. And so then the little picture is to say, well, we really don't know, but what do you want for dinner tonight? Or what what movie do you want to watch this weekend? Let's focus on what's right in front of us. Let's get through that, and we'll wait for the rest to make itself clear. 
the uncertainty is always so hard, isn't it? It is so hard. And our kids will take our, their cues from us. So if we can remember, let's focus on the moment, that can make it easier for everybody. This is great. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week.